Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. My name is Dr. Angela Loria. I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of The Difference Process, 10 Steps for Writing a Book That Makes a Difference. Every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk about we talk to different authors and we talk to them about their journey becoming an author and what that process was like for them. And we have a special treat today. Maura Sweeney is the author of The Art of Happiness. She is an inspirer of happiness and authenticity, uh, two things that definitely go hand in hand. I don't think you can have one without the other. And maybe you can be authentic and unhappy, but you definitely can't be happy without being authentic. So, um, Maura, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, Angela, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be part of your program. Well, we're really glad to have you. So why don't you tell people about The Art of Happiness? I know it's an e-book series. So tell them about uh, what you cover in the series and what the books are. Okay, the series is available on Amazon. They're all a series of short stories, all involving things that we can all relate to. My sense has always been happiness and authenticity cannot be found outside of ourselves. It's always found from within. The more authentic we are, generally, the happier we are. So my stories cover things like comfort zones and exiting them. It could be a step away, but it feels like a lifetime getting there. Uh, I've done things on judgment. I've done one on values. I did one on competition. I did one, I could have called it insanity, but it was actually a story about um, nonsense. And um, I, they're just small vignettes on life, each one which we had our own encounter with. So I start everything out with a question to the reader to get them to think about those various elements and time frames within their lives. Then I tell my story, and I've always learned that people come up with their own stories as they hear stories told. And then I invite them to look at their own story, and then I close each ebook with another question, again, asking about it. In one case, it would be, let's say in book one, about exiting the comfort zone, what is the area of your life that you've become maybe discomforted in or no longer comfortable in because you feel like you are in a vice? What part of your life have you always looked to explore but gave yourself many excuses not to? So I would hope that in every book, in every case, I'm encouraging people to look within themselves to really discover their own value system, their own desires, their own talents. And I would say the entire series, Angela, comes from my belief that We are all gems within. We're all unique. And once we have an opportunity to express ourselves, the world becomes a brighter and happier place for all. So how's that for a little bit of a review? Is that good enough? Yeah, I think that gives people a great idea. So why don't we start with this? Um, You know, we talk on the show about how you came to write your book. So why don't you tell us, how did you pick this topic? How did you get this idea? Oh, you know, that's a wonderful question. I want to say that probably like many people who are into self-improvement or self-development, uh, and even people that write memoirs, a lot of it is cathartic for themselves. But in my case, I was a midlife woman who already had had a career 
Uh, I had been a homeschooling mother. My daughter was very quickly growing up, ready to move 1,500 miles away. And I always wanted her to be able to look to me and say, okay, that's my future. I always want to have hope, and I always want to know what's next. So I started writing my thoughts. And I've always been a public speaker. And I thought, well, let me start telling some funny stories. And believe it or not, my first ever blog, which eventually worked its way into some of my other writing, started at the end, and I wrote a blog or a small piece on the subject of tombstones. Now, it sounds like it's very serious. Mine was actually funny, and it was, how do you want to be remembered? And all of my stories, if they don't relate back to me, they will relate somehow to people I've met, whether, you know, locally, it could be family members, but it could be people from the 40 countries I've traveled to around the globe. And whenever something strikes a chord as being an authentic answer or something that would inspire others, it makes it into my writing. So for whatever reason, I started my writing from the very final chapter, which is, how do I want to be remembered, and then I started working backwards onto all the other little elements of life that I know are common to us. And why, how did this fit into uh, what else you're doing? Are you, do you work with people on this? Did this fit into your career? Was it just something you were personally passionate about? You know what? My background is I'm from New Jersey. Don't hold it against me because I really did like New Jersey, but I did. I'm from Connecticut, so uh, I hear you. I live in Washington, D.C., but but tri-state area, power to the tri-state area. Well, and I, I did, I love the Jersey Shore, I like the warm weather in Jersey, but I just was not into winter weather. So here I was growing up, I was always formed and uh, let's say groomed to become a New Jersey lawyer. And I had gone through school up in Boston, and I, after I finished college, I uh, ended up back in New Jersey, attending Seton Hall Law School, and driving every day to downtown Newark. My problem was that I did not want to live in New Jersey, and I did not want to spend the rest of my life be- being a lawyer. And I was so desperately unhappy. This is probably the genesis of the entire book. There I was at 23 years old, getting into debt for a career I didn't want in a state I didn't want to live in. And that was many years ago before other people realized that you could have a degree in law and you could do other things. Back then, if you didn't practice law with a law degree, you looked like a flunky. So I ended up being at a point in my life so unhappy and the, the real big factor for me was that I was at a juncture and I thought, I feel like I'm living a fake life. And I felt like it was so heavy. So my personal journey became, now what do I do? I'm going to leave law school midstream, but it was all I had ever been groomed for. So what do I like? What am I about? And how am I going to take myself from um, a life that was very different from who I felt I was within? And how was I going to broaden myself to find those things that were meaningful for me? So when I write, Angela, I write from that position of I know what it's like to feel so desperate in that you're unhappy being somebody other than who you are. So I've had, I'm I'm an older woman. I'm 55. I spent. um, Oh, no, 55 is old. Uh-oh, well, I didn't get the memo. But anyway, it, it gives you an idea that I've done a lot of things. I've had a career behind me um, in the telecom industry, lots of um, management. I was a homeschooling mom. I think I might have mentioned that. I helped my husband build a company. But at middle age, 
my husband and I both decided we want to do something as we grow older. We don't want to just become old people. We really want to find out what we're about, and we really wanted to create a future that would combine a love of what we you know, of what we're about and a lifestyle of travel and something creative. So we both went into our own arenas of uh, impacting culture in a positive way. And we basically took the things we like and the experiences we've had and we used everything available to us in digital media to step out. And uh, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I will tell you I worked for the third time in my entire life with my same husband, and I am also an entrepreneur with him. He developed an animated sports brand, a little microphone, who reports on sports. He's animated, and we've created about 30 sports comic books. So it's an entirely wow. I know. He Amazing. You may want to interview him on this show because he's got a fantastic story, very creative, but he took what he loved, which was sports and writing, and he's still, you know, he's middle-aged like I am, but he's a master's uh, basketball athlete who plays even international at his age. So we're both taking what we love and exporting it and hopefully entertaining, inspiring, and encouraging others along the way, which makes us both very happy. Maybe so when did, when did this journey start for you? How long ago did this journey start for you? You know, I could tell you we were at it all our lives. We both met at 19 at Boston College, but do you know how life is really a journey and one thing leads you to another and then to I another? I sure do. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I can't even tell you when is the end point. I don't know. I think it's all part of the journey. When did, when did the book start? When did you get the idea for the book? Mine or my husband's? My Yours. I have done within the past year, and they actually started out as individual blogs. And from there, they developed. And I will tell you, my next step is to make an actual physical book, full size, that people can buy when I go out and do my public speaking. Because right now, this is probably one of those issues, if you're talking to different authors or people that are interested in writing books, I love what I've been able to do through digital eBooks. But not everyone buys that way. There are people at conferences and people as well as all. Well, and even people who buy that way, there's something about having a tangible a tangible yeah. book, especially when you're speaking. You can't, I mean, I guess you could sell an e-book at the back of the room, but that's pretty challenging. So, you're so right. let's, talk about, let's talk about what you wish you knew before you sat down to write your book. What have you learned that you wish that you knew before you started? Oh, I wish somebody gave me a blueprint. (laughs) I would have been done so much sooner. Um, Oh, my gosh. You know what? I would say that I am developing a brand. And so brands, even though we might have them in our head, they still take time to chisel out. And probably the best thing I could say is that I had to do it and refine it. Um, I had to ask people around for feedback. so you're saying you're building a brand, but if I'm an author, and, and most of my clients that come to me, they're thinking about writing. They're like, I want to write a book. They're not like, I want to build a brand. So what, why, why do you think having a brand is important if you are writing a book? I'd say it's extremely important. You know, unlike the past where all we had were books that were in paper, and also the only thing we knew of years ago were the traditional publishing houses. It was a very closed industry. And then we moved into the digital age. It works both ways because now everyone can be an author. But the flip side of it is 
everyone's an author now. And that means that even though you might be out there, you need to be able to define, refine, and really chisel out your message. What is it about you that differentiates you from everybody else within your category? What is your message? And that probably, for me, I know I've had to play around with a couple of taglines like um, uh, finding happiness from within, and you think, well, you know, sounds like so-so, but it doesn't sound great. I would say now more than ever, because so many people are out in the digital space, and so many people are in a position where they can promote their message, they can promote their book, they really do need to know their brand. And mm-hmm. because the more they know it, the more identifiable they are in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. So did you envision this book completed before you started? Did you have the idea it would be a series when you started blogging? Did you know it would be a book? or is Well, it I, I could make you laugh. I could make you laugh. That's an excellent question. I originally wrote, maybe there were 25 chapters, and each chapter dealt with common things in life, even things like, um, you know, early childhood memories. Why do we partner up? Why do we get married? How do we choose careers? What do we find about work that defines us? What's our value system? All these little things. What I found is that I kept writing and rewriting and going back and changing things. Finally, I thought, I, I think it was my husband who said to me, Maura, you will never get this book out if you keep on changing every single chapter. And I kept joking, thinking they'll be reading it at my funeral. So I took the original concept, which was an entire book, and broke it down into small pieces. And I'll tell you, from a developmental standpoint, I'm so glad I did. Because people were able to get within these e-books um, a feel for what I was about and develop um, an appetite for my writing, for my humor, for my thought process. And it really did help me develop the brand. And it also positioned me, I believe, for the next step, which will be more of the full-scale, heavy-duty, 250-page book or 230-page book. Mm, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. I think we can make... Uh, we can make things more complex very easily. But to make things simpler is like, you know, ten times the challenge. And you really manage to make it a simpler project to grow your platform uh, as you're releasing your book. And at the end, you can still have that multi-chapter print book that you're talking about. It's not an either or. It's a both and. And I think anytime we can find the both and, we've got to win. You know, I agree, because then you're able to reach out to a variety of readers and reader styles. And, mm. um, you know, I want to – can I add one more thing when you asked about sure. branding and why is it important? Yeah. I entitled my books The Art of Happiness. Now, I always say not to be uh, confused with the Dalai Lama. We look nothing alike. But <laughs> <laughs> the thing about me, I told you, I was supposed to be this New Jersey lawyer, and I was an academically inclined person, but I'm also a little offbeat and a little artistic. The art of happiness helped my branding because if ever you look at my books, I have everything framed in art frames. Let me see. Uh, I would say photo frames that I design myself. And I'm a little bit um, vintage. I'm extremely modern. I'm a little whimsical. And I just love artwork. I'm not this great, you know, uh, not this great artist, but I like doodling, and I've done it all my life. 
So when I say the art of happiness, which is really kind of a, it's an art form within your own mind, I'm able to take some of my little artwork, which I've employed into the covers of the books, I've included inside the books, I use even when I do some of my blogging, so people get familiar with, oh, that's her artwork. Oh, I recognize her. My picture is actually even in a frame I've created. And, and I'm going to stop you right here so people know. Go to, go to Mora for you, M-A-U-R-A, the number four, the letter U.com, and you'll see what she means with these frames. They are really cute. Well, the thing about them is that they're me. The Mm. art of happiness, it takes my thoughts and exports them publicly. But the idea of art, it picks up on my personality, and it picks up on um, what, let's say, is my little spice or what differentiates me from how many tens of thousands of people are there out there that are telling you how you could live better. (laughs) And I'm really not a how-to. I'm more of an inspirer from within. But it's that's my way of taking, let's say, two elements about me. One is I have a passion, and I kid you not, I have a passion uh, in the belief that everyone is a gem from within. And if they just explore and live life authentically, they will be happy. So those are my writings. But the other piece of it is I'm a little bit artistic. So I took two things that are part of who I am and put them together and use those elements to create a brand. Now, for your other authors or wannabe authors um, that are all listening, that may be something for them to think about today. What is it about them that really defines who they are? And mm. let them play with some ideas and then discuss it with others and get some feedback. Those are the kinds of things that will help bring them from being part of the pack to stepping above the pack. And mm. it's, I wish I could say it's so easy, but you know you deal with authors all the time. It's a process, but it is worth it. So what were some of the things that blocked you in writing your book? What were some of the challenges you faced getting it done, getting it out? Oh, I, I can't speak for everyone because I told you that I am also helping my husband um, with all of these sports comic books. My case was I was taking private thoughts and publicizing them. I was taking my private life, and I had issues. Not When I say issues, um, I would say if you were to know me, I'm extremely diplomatic. I'm extremely gracious, and I knew, and I learned this through writers' groups, that when I first started writing, people said to me more, you're very funny, but you're hiding, and you're not being fully honest. And so my biggest challenge in doing the More For You Art of Happiness series was, how do I share things in my background that maintain everyone's privacy It's not like I was writing terrible things, but how can I be honest enough and yet still tell a story and keep things generic enough so that I am not taking my own life and delving into the the personal lives of other people too? That was really a big challenge for me. But then you might say there are other people out there who love writing and they could spell out everything that ever happened in their life. But for me, that was my challenge. It was the idea of taking my personal life my stories, my experiences, and making them applicable to the public and making it um, transparent enough for everyone to relate to without being, I don't want to say tell-all or or commonplace, if that makes sense. Yeah, so how did you solve that? That's a problem a lot of authors have. Uh, 
I, w- I wish I could tell you it was easy. I would say I sweat through it. But I will say this. Over the course of time, I've had people say, wow, Maura, your writings have become so much more compelling. I would say it just comes from practice. And sometimes, you know, we take little baby steps and we just move and we do get feedback. Um, but I would say it's one of those things that comes by doing. But I would I would contrast that with someone out there who's writing and let's say they're writing about a topic that's not so personal. I think if I were writing that kind of narrative, if you asked me to write you something else, I could write you so much material so rapidly, but it was a personal element that to me was, it was just a little bit more delicate. And And one of your goals is authenticity. So how how do you rectify those two things? Authenticity and then, you know, telling your stories, but they include other people. So how do you bring those things together? You know, it's a great, great question. Um, I would just say that I am a work, I'm my own work in progress. In that, here I am encouraging everyone to be their own authentic self. And in the process, I need to open up my coat jacket and say, these are some of the things I've done. And these are some of the things, the challenges I've had in life. So I would say, um, but it all actually works to my advantage. When people read my books and when they follow along with me because I do keep a regular blog and I've probably done 200, I think 200 more for you videos where I've been anywhere and everywhere asking questions of people. I would say that it was one step after another and as people, as I'm writing about being authentic and in coming into your own happy place, I literally become my own living message. So as much as I'm learning along the way, um, I'm bringing others with me, but I also embody the message of hope that no matter how old you are, no matter what your background is, no matter what limitations maybe you felt you had in life, you can do it. And when I share my stories, I'm literally sharing that message within me. So it's not like I'm, I'm standing out there saying, well, let me show you the 10 great ways to live your life. I am literally living it as I'm writing about it. And there seems to be something in that that people enjoy because they feel more like they're part of the process rather than being spoken to from, you know, from the high and mighty place of the person that wears wings and flies in the sky. Yeah, absolutely. So for you... Give me a give me a before and after. How is life before you had a book and after? What are some of the new things you've been able to experience as an author? Okay, I I'm going to answer this. I don't know if it's the type of an answer you're looking for. When I and my husband uh, decided we were going to close down our uh, computer firm that we had, that was quite. It was a very good, you know, well-producing firm, and do something to impact society. I would say that my life before was a private life, even though I was always helping other people and doing things. Right now, I am enjoying the sense that with all the work and the time and the elements I've put into my writings, um, I am now enjoying, in increasing measure, the very thing I hoped at the very beginning of this process to achieve, and that was being in a place of influence where I could be 
positive influence in the culture to other people who were looking to find their bigger self. I love where I am right now, and I didn't realize when we were starting with this process that I'd find myself middle age at a time when a lot of people in America, whether they're young people just coming out of school, middle-aged women who already brought up their kids, maybe are divorced, um, maybe lost their, maybe couples or men that lost their home in the housing bubble, people that lost their jobs, and they're saying to themselves, wait a minute, who am I? All the things I used to hold on to and think this is who I am, they're gone. Mm. And how can I figure out who I am? I almost feel like I am arising um, as a voice in the culture at the very time when my message and my messaging is quite, um, I would almost say, needed in the culture. People have to revisit what's important, what are their values, and if if the old paradigm of who we were and how we measured our success Um, whether it's by age, by era, by occupation, by marital status. It could be any one of the number of things. And when those things go away, there's a lot of people that say, what do do now? And if I could just add one more thing, you get a lot of young people who were brought up by parents, and they were saying, you know, if you go to school and you get multiple degrees, you could get out there and get a job in corporate America. Well, yes, maybe, and yes, maybe not. So even young people today have to say, wait a minute, if the old order of things are not working, and if the old stereotypes and the old standbys are no longer with us, then I need to look within myself and figure out what's important to me, what do I like, what do I have a passion about and what kinds of things do I want to do that I would do if I never even made a dime at because I love it so much and how can I take that and turn it into a career and a lifestyle mm. so it's and have you had examples that it's working have you had opportunities yeah. after having yeah. your book so tell us some of those kind of specific okay well, I'll tell you one really exciting thing for me. Um, this summer, my husband and I were traveling overseas in about four different countries, which is kind of what we wanted to work ourselves into. How could we have a career that enables us to travel and whatever? By the time I got back, I got a notice from the, uh, the editors at Huffington Post. And, they, and I looked at it, and I thought, wait a minute. They're not just asking for one blog they actually are giving me carte blanche. No matter what I what I submit to them, I have my own post site. And I thought, this is amazing. Huffington Post has a place for people who are searching for happiness. And I really have to tell you, most of what I read, you know, through most of what is written, if you look at tabloids, if you look at what people look at, they always want to find out what's awful in life. And I'm busy writing about what's good about life and how do we find what's good. And I was so excited to know that a site like Huffington Post would have found me and decided that what I have to say is worth posting. That was Mm. exciting for me. And in addition to that, uh, just earlier today, um, I came back from delivering a workshop to uh, an entire group of directors of nonprofit volunteer organizations. Um, So I've had numerous opportunities to do public speaking, um, to speak at national conferences. Um, So before you had your book, were you a different person? Was there something that you knew before you had your book that you, you know, that, that you didn't know that you know now? 
Well, I would say I'm the sum total of lots of learning and many, many life experiences, whether it's... So why do you think it's easier to get those um, opportunities for you now? Hmm. What is it about having a book? Oh, I will... This perfect question. A book gives a person credibility. (laughs) And my long-term plan is um, not that I'm looking to be a talking head on TV or whatever uh, on a routine basis. I want my books to be my calling card so that whether it's local Tampa Bay TV or even some, you know, um, it could be, let's say, Kathy Lee and Hoda, that for some reason they're discussing things that are going on with people's lives and they decide they want me on. I'd love to be on and I would love to be someone who can comment on life and what is it that makes us happy. I'd love to be cultural anthropologist. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. There's something about having a book that gives people who want to work with you a way to sell it in their organization, a way to justify it, that, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I I would argue that you have a lot of the knowledge, you know, most of the same knowledge before and after writing your book, but the opportunity to share that knowledge changes when you have a book. So I guess in our final um, few minutes, is there any advice you would give to somebody who wants to write a book but they haven't done it yet and they're stuck in some way, what advice would you give them? I would tell them look for a writer's group and join it. Secondly, become proficient um, in the digital space. And constantly, when you're writing a book, make sure you are passionate about it because you will be the driving force that causes other people to look for your book. Don't expect to just be the content creator and let it sit there on a shelf. You really need to be the combine engine behind it. And I would hope people love doing it because I've had – so enjoyed what I've been doing. Yeah, we can't tell you're having any fun. I'm very sorry, Maura. You seem bored. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to know more about the bored Maura Sweeney, her book is The Art of Happiness. It's a book series you can find on Amazon or go to Maura, number four, and the letter U.com. Maura, thank you so much for being our guest today. This was a blast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I have so enjoyed it. And we will be back next week, Changing the World, one book at a time. Should I, I am up again.